Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. so cool as well. I'm kidding. Some of you are like, oh, that's messed up. That's my mom, my dad. So this morning, I have the privilege and the honor of of giving today's word. And some of you are probably a little disappointed because you expected Pastor Saul to be here. Uh, But he's on a much needed vacation. Amen. How many know he needed a time of rest to heal? Not to heal, to just get regrouped with his family. But as many of you know, he's a very, uh, a person who, who a lot of people ask him to come speak at different churches and he chooses to stay at home with you guys, but he also, during the year, he likes to pick a few days where he's able to minister out um, and take out and also take a, a family vacation. So he got a chance to speak in Arkansas two weeks ago, ministered out in a few churches, was busy, but then in between this week, because this week is general council, general council is when all the churches of Assemblies of God and the and the country, they get together, they vote on different things uh, as far as our bylaws and, and people who are coming into presbyters and people in high authorities. And, and he got chosen. He's there representing our city and, and our region. And he's there. But he sends his love to you guys. He says he misses you guys. And he is glad that you guys are still here faithfully. So he'll be back next Sunday. So for those of you who came or are a little sad, I'm sorry. He'll be here next Sunday. We're continuing our series, uh, You Asked For It, and there was different topics that you guys asked for, um, as far as family, marriage, um, and last week, Pastor George in Coachella Valley, from Coachella Valley, spoke on purpose. Man, give it up for Pastor George as well with that phenomenal word last week. I was a little discouraged because I'm like, man, I got to follow up that, and that's kind of hard, you know what I mean? I'm just used to leading worship, but today I hope whatever I speak is of encouragement. And you guys can laugh. Like, I see some of you guys really serious right now. It's okay. You're in the house of the Lord. Like, there should be some joy in your life. You could also, there it, there it is. That, that also encourages the speaker a little bit. It motivates us. So you can shout me down as we get through this word. You can say, amen, come on, whatever you want to say. Don't, don't stand up and run crazy. We're not going to be that crazy. But we just want to be able to give a word. So this week I've chosen to speak on um, kind of getting past your past. Getting past your hurts, getting past your mistakes. And I believe once you do that, you're able to find your purpose. Um, So getting past your past. But before I get to the message, I want to ask a question. Anybody in here competitive? Some of you were like, I'm the most competitive person here. Anybody too competitive? My wife's looking at me like, that's probably you right there. I'm a little too competitive. I'm so competitive that... I'm driving and someone passes me. He's like, nah, man, I ain't going to be last. I'm going to pass you a little bit. Uh, but I, I love to compete. Doesn't mean I'm good. I'm not that good at most things, but I still want to compete. I, I want to challenge no matter what it is. Little things, big things. I'm competitive. I'm too competitive. Last summer, we had a, a life group that we were doing here with some of the leads here and some of the young people at our church. And uh, we were talking about your first time coming to church or at least the church you were attending. The first time you remember, any of you remember the first time you were at church? 
Yes, hopefully it was good because you're back, so I'm hoping you had a good experience. But he, one of our, our musicians, actually our drummer, his name's Moises, I don't know if he's here, but he allowed me to share the story. He, he shared the first time he was at church, and he hadn't gone for a while, but he went to church. Uh, I was actually um, leading at that, at that church. I was doing worship, and, and I was, after an event, we had an awesome time, and we had games, we had different things going on, and he was hanging out, playing a game, and some of my friends were on his team, and they were playing against each other, and he noticed, he's like, man, I wasn't doing that good. I was, the reason people were losing, I felt bad. Um, he's a super sweet guy, so he already felt bad. And I guess he says, I came up, and I'm watching them play, and I'm getting a little frustrated, like, ah, oh, man, you can be doing this, and he wasn't getting it. And I, from what he says, he says, man, he's whack. Let me, put me in, and I'll do better. When he said that, my heart dropped. I, I didn't remember this event, just to show you how competitive I am. That I didn't even know I was being competitive at the time. But my heart dropped. It was his first time at church, and I decided to say, man, this guy's whack. Put me in to win the game. And right then and there, I knew I wish I didn't say that. Have any of you ever said that or any of you been in that situation where you did something, you regret it, you, you made a decision, and you feel like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Wives, don't hit your husband at this moment. Like, it's not cool. Don't put him on blast. Like, someone did something yesterday or vice versa. But we've all done things we're not proud of. Maybe you said something and you regret it. Maybe, like myself, you have so many things. Like, it's a big list of things. And you're just ashamed of a lot of them. And we've all been there today. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all done things we've messed up on. Some of us may have had a sexual past and we're not too proud of. And we can't seem to get over that. Some of us are maybe dealing with a recurring sin. And you say, ah, I promise I'm not going to do it. Some way, somehow, you end up doing it. And you feel like a failure. Some of you have made some bad decisions and they're catching up to you. And you're afraid somebody's going to find out of the mistakes you've made. Maybe in your business, you didn't make the proper adjustments. And you've kind of faltered back and you've messed up on your business decisions. So... So therefore, you feel like, man, I failed my business. I failed at providing for my family. And I feel like a failure. And you feel like you didn't measure up. So therefore, you see yourself as a failure. You're carrying around these mistakes, these thoughts, and you don't know how to do, deal with things. Psalms 38.4 says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I want to share with you, there's even people in Scripture who shows us and understands that, man, I feel the same way you are feeling. And therefore, since we carry this guilt, this shame, this hurt, we, we want to be a, a part of the church. We want to mentor people. But then we start thinking things like, but I feel so unworthy to, to be a mentor. Or, or we want a good marriage, but we may have failed in the past. So therefore, we say things like, I don't deserve this marriage. You'd love to make a difference here at LifeHouse but some way, somehow, you say things like, but if you only knew what I've done, it won't allow me to be able to make a difference here. I want to share this small quote, and, and I wanted to stay with you. And every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. No matter where you're at in life, if you're holy, and you've been coming here, and you've been fasting every day, and you're super close to Jesus, you still have a past. Whether this is your first time here and you feel like, man, you don't know what I did yesterday or you don't know what I did this morning, you still have a future. That alone should get you excited. Say, okay, let, let, let me hear what you're saying today. And, and I want to speak about moving past your failures. 
I have three points I want to share with you today. So we encourage you here at LifeHouse, if you're willing to take notes, take some notes, write it down on your phone, or if you want to take a screen, a picture up on the screen, we'll have the points up there so you can live out these points during your Monday through Saturday because we hope Sunday has made an impact on your life. But my first point is your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. So all that burden you're carrying, all that shame, all that guilt, let me remind you that, yes, your sins in your eyes may be big. Your mistakes may be uh, too big to bear. But can I tell you a little bit about the bigness of my God's grace? And that overpasses any mistakes you feel like you've done. Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive, can you say forgive with me, for our sins and purify us from, it doesn't say a few, it doesn't say just what you did in the weekend, it it says all, say all with me, all unrighteousness. Aren't you grateful that God is willing to forgive us of our mistakes and our sins? Yet some of us live life where where we don't understand and we're like, no, man, like, but I've made too many mistakes. I've made too many bad decisions. How many of you have ever played with the etchy sketch? Some of you guys got happy, like, yeah. If I show this to my daughter, she's like, is that an iPad? Like, what, what's going on? It doesn't work. This isn't an iPad. What is the iPad before iPad, right? This is an etchy sketch. And, and if you, you, you draw on it, you can do different things. To be honest, all you can do is straight lines, right? I, I don't know. If anybody can really draw on this thing, man, let me know. And afterwards, you can show me some tricks. But all I really can do is, is straight lines. I'm trying to draw something right now. But in reality, we were in the green room and I was trying to draw something and I couldn't um, other than straight lines. You know what I mean? But, but say in your life, you, you've made mistakes and you have a picture of what you accept or what you hope your life is going to turn out like. And you're like, man. I can't get past this. Like, I, I wish there was another way. Like, what's going on? My lines aren't straight. Like, I didn't make boxes enough. Whatever it is that you're doing. I, I feel like God is, is like the person holding the etchy sketch. You may have made mistakes. Maybe you didn't draw a line the way you wanted to. Maybe you, you've drawn a circle the way you didn't do it, and you're dealing with this. You're like, man, if, if I could only start over, but I can't seem to erase this because I've done it what I've done. All you have to do with this awesome device um, is just shake it. You start all over. You're able to do your straight lines once again. But yet some of us don't understand that still. And this morning, I hope I can encourage you and remind you that you can be like an etchy sketch. They're not sponsoring us, but if I wish they were, it'd be kind of cool. But we need to get past our mistakes. I, I want to read to you Psalms 103, 8, 12. And I love what he says here. And he says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us accordingly to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. And I love this part right here. Verse 13. Check it out. Listen to this really quick. 
As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. If that doesn't preach enough, man, I don't know what can, but doesn't it reassure you and give you a little bit of hope that he looks at you with compassion. He doesn't look to accuse you and point out your failures, but he's there with compassion. And since God forgives you, maybe you should forgive yourself. And I think sometimes we deal with life and we're our worst critic, right? When I'm leading worship and most of the singers and musicians know what we're doing here and we hear, oh, you did awesome. And in my head, I was like, no, I didn't do that good. Like if you only heard how I, there was a pitch wrong, whatever. But, but we tend to can't get over our mistakes. But I want to remind you that since God has forgiven you, you should forgive yourself. At this moment, I want to quote a theologian, and she goes by the name of Elsa Ann Martin, and she says these wise words. She says, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Some of you, there you got, you got the theologian right, there we go. She's not a theologian, guys. She's not at all. I made the mistake of saying she's a Disney princess. But my wife and my daughter said, no, she's a queen. Get it right. She's not a princess. She's a, a Disney queen. Uh, but, but she says that. I, I have children, so my daughter loves that song, and she'll sing it, and she'll dance, and she does emotions. Whatever it is, she does it. And, and at times, I feel like saying, man, let go of that song. Let's move on to a new one. But in my moment of frustration, or whether I'm driving and I'm hearing that song in the back and I cut someone off, or whether I have a, a bad thought or everything, or, or I'm dwelling on someone who's hurt me, or I'm dwelling on mistakes I've made, I gotta let it go at times. And some of you can take this Disney little song and say, you know what, I didn't make that good of a choice, but today I'm choosing to let it go. Come on, give it to the Lord. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. He forgives you and he forgets. Since God forgives you, you should forgive yourself. And remember that your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. My second point is, you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. I know we sang that song, and I love that song. The worship team was like, hey, I think we're doing it next week. I was like, man, if it's up to me, we do that song every week. Because I love to remind myself that I am not who I say I am, but I am who God says he is, He, I am. And, and it's so funny how the enemy tries to personalize your failures. He, he really tries to mess with your mind and get you to think of these things, and, and he'll say he'll make you think things like, I'm bad, I'm unlovable, I'm used goods, I'm a failure, I'm unworthy. But I want to remind you that you are not what you did, you are who God says you are. Because what the enemy, what the devil can't destroy, he distracts. Write that down, tweet that one, because that's so true. What the devil can't destroy he distracts. He tries you to get you to personalize sins. He tries to get you to personalize failures. 
But we read here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Say gone with me. Gone, and the new life has begun. Say begun. Begun. You may look at those words and be like, man, whoever wrote that, like, he must have been perfect. Whoever wrote that must have had it all together, and they are just perfect all their lives. But the person who wrote that, he's Paul, the, the Apostle Paul. But before the Apostle Paul was his name Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus, his mission in life, his goal was to capture and arrest, beat, and kill Christians, Christ followers. So could you imagine today someone looking for people like you who, who say you're a Christian and his only mission was to get you to go to jail and put you in jail and, and make sure you suffer for everything you've done. That same guy with that same past wrote, I'm a new creation in Christ. I, I'm sure it didn't come overnight. I, I know the word of God says he, he, he encountered Jesus as he's on his road to Damascus on his horse and a bright light set, uh, showed to him and, and heard a voice said, why do you persecute me? And right then he was blind for three days. He didn't eat for three days. God told him, go um, to Damascus. Someone's going to heal you. Long story short, someone heals him, prays for him, says, hey, God is calling you. So can you imagine the guilt and the hurt that he, man, like, you still want to love me? You still want to use me? Regardless of all the bad things I've done? You still say I'm these things in your eyes? I don't know many of you probably don't hunt or try to imprison Christians. But this man did. And this man found a way to have an encounter with God and realize that you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. I want to remind you that failure is an event, never a person. Listen to that again. Failure is an event, never a person. So, so you need to stop saying things like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a divorcee or I'm a financial failure or I'm an addict. That's just a failure. That was a moment in your life. But God says you are a child of God. You're forgiven. You've been made new and you are an overcomer. Come on, can we give God some praise today for those words? reminder of who we are and how he sees us. My third point. You can't change your past, but Christ can change your future. So for those of you who are dealing with the mistakes of what you've done, you're dwelling on it, and you can't change your past. You have to learn to let it go and realize that there is a future ahead of you in Jesus. You can't change your past, but Christ can change your future. Again, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Philippians 3, 12 through 13 says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold on me to make me his own. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart for the future 
instead. Some of us need to let it go. Some of us need to stop dwelling on the past. You're never going to change it. You're, you're not going to be able to take back the time you've made that mistake. You're not going to be able to um, change anything you've done or said. But in Christ, you have a future. And I truly believe with all my heart, your future is far greater than your past. Some of you need to fully understand that and take that and say, I, I'm not what I've done, but I'm who God says I am. But we can use our past because your past becomes the foundation of your future. Your past can become the material from which your future is created. And grace gives us strength to transform the rubble from our brokenness and our shame into a life full of healing and wholeness. Your past will always be your past until you have the courage to create a new future. Anybody ever seen the movie Tarzan? Not the live action one, the, the cartoon one with Phil Collins, do, 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 right? Yes? Some of y'all, I guess you guys only read your Bible. Um, Tarzan, the movie Tarzan. You guys remember the cartoons? Is anybody, well, yeah, you guys, some of you are, but you remember the, in the Happy Meals, you get a toy Tarzan, like McDonald's is really pushing that movie. I, I didn't get all of them, I wish I did. Uh, but in the movie Tarzan, do you remember how Tarzan gets by in the jungle? What does he do? How does Tarzan move through the jungle? He grabs the vines, right? He also slides through and he does these awesome things through the, the trees. But, but his main way of getting by is he, he grabs the vines and he swings. He swings through it fast. He can probably do flips. Whatever he can do, he, he, he just swings through his vines. What would happen if Tarzan held onto the vine that he started with while trying to move into the vine that he sees in front of him? What would happen? He'd get stuck. He'd stay in the same place. And some of us have been trying so desperately to move onto the next vine of our lives, but we are so trapped by the past, and we're not willing to let go of the past so we can make room for the future. We have to trust God that our future is better than our past, and we continue our lives and move forward. Some of you guys need to let go of that vine in the past and just swing onto what's coming up. Because I believe your future is far greater than your past. As the worship team gets ready, I want to remind you that your, sin, your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. You are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. And you can't change the past, but you can change your future in Christ. Amen. I have three small action steps. Because we can give you a word, but if we have no action steps, then there's nothing to go forward with. The first action step some of you, some of us need to make is that we need to accept God's grace. Some of you have been coming to church for a long time and, and you're like, well, I'm saved, I understand, but you maybe don't fully understand grace. Some of you, this is your first time here and, and you're like, oh, I've, I've heard of the name grace, but I've never understood it. What do you mean? And I want to paint a picture really quick, if you can. I, I, as you guys know, I have two children and my wife. And, and can you imagine Christmas, right? And, 
and it's, it's Christmas Day and we're under the tree. Well, we're Hispanic, so it's most likely Christmas Eve. It's probably 11.30 at night and we're getting ready to, to open our gifts. And can you imagine my daughter Grace and my son Jeremiah, they're running to him like, hey, I got we got presents for you. Come down and Jeremiah's running. He has a cast right now because he fractured his wrist, so he's just swinging it around. And then my daughter Grace is running, going to push him because she wants to get the presents first. My son's one and Grace is, is three going on 16. Full of sass. But she sees the gift. She runs to it and she picks it up. She's like, oh my God, Papa, Mama, thank you. Like, I got you. She opens it up. She sees the gift. It's probably an Elsa doll because that's probably what she's going to want for Christmas. She sees it and looks at us and puts it down. Papa, Mama, like, thank you for the gift. But I'm going to pay you back. Like, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get things right in my life. I'm going to go to Ama's house and she's going to pay me for doing chores and, and all. And, and once I have the money, I'm going to pay you and Mama back. And then I'll get the gift. What? You're my daughter. What, what are you? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I wasn't that nice to Jeremiah yesterday. Like, I didn't make the best decisions. I had a little tantrum. I, I, got, I got my, let me pay you back and then I'll take the gift. You're my daughter. There's nothing you can do that's going to earn this because I love you no matter what. There's no matter of, uh, of jokes you can say. There's no matter of uh, how well you're going to act. It doesn't matter uh, how many good things you do, how many check marks off your chore list you do. You're my daughter and there is nothing you can do that's going to earn it because it, you're mine. What's mine is yours. Just take it. And there's going to be plenty more. For your birthday, I'm going to hook you up. On random days, I'm going to take you to Target because that's your favorite store like your mom. There's a lot to come. This isn't the last time I'm going to give you this gift. Some of you guys are dealing with grace saying, God, I, I, I'll take your love. But I'm going to get things right. I'm going to go to church every Sunday first. I, I, I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to live perfect. Once I do those things, then I'll be able to take your grace. And God's looking at you this morning like, you're my child. You have it. It's yours. And there's going to be more. Can you accept grace this morning? Can you just take it and say, you know what? I, I haven't dealt with, I, I'm still dealing with the past, but today I want to move forward and today I want to totally accept grace. If this is your first time here and you say, regardless if you've been in church for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, you say, you know, I've never really accepted grace. I, I've listened to these rules and I've tried to fill them, but I can't, I don't know. I encourage you today, this morning, August 8th at our 1045 service that you encounter grace and take it as a gift that God gives because of faith, not because of deeds, the word of God says, but just because you are his son and he loves you, you are his daughter and he loves you and there's nothing you can do that's going to earn it but just be his child. May you accept grace. May you take it moment by moment and day by day as you accept grace well, you know what? Today, for the rest of the year, I'm going to be perfect. I'm never going to miss a daily Bible study. Whatever it is, don't focus on five years. 
Don't focus on one year. Don't even focus on what you're going to do in six months. Don't even focus on what you can do this month better. Or this week. How about you take it day by day? You say, you know what? Today, after service, I choose to honor you, Lord. Today, I, I choose to live in your grace. Today, I choose to honor you. And then at dinner time, you can say it again. Before you go to sleep, you can say it again. As you're skating tonight and you fall, there's still grace. And you can still love him and honor him in the right way. In the morning, you can take it day by day, moment by moment. My last thing is you, you need to get connected. I know we share on connection time, the importance of it. But in order for you to accept God's grace and take it moment by moment, you need people. You need to get connected in this church, any church, whatever church it may be. But just get connected. We, we see the life of Jesus and we know that he could have changed the whole world by himself, right? If he's God, he could do it all by himself. But yet, he surrounded himself and chose people to do it with him. So don't you think if it worked for Jesus, it could work for us? I encourage you, get connected. Sign up. There's a, a, a connection card right in front of you, a QR code in the back if you want to go get connected on what's going on. The first step is take growth track. Shoot, get connected by going tonight to Skateland or Rollerama. I promise you, not everyone is weird. Some may be a little weird, but most of us aren't. Just go tonight and say, you know what, I'm going to hang out. And God, I'm accepting your grace. I'm going to take it moment by moment. I'm going to connect with some people, skating, having a little bit of fun. Can we stand to our feet, church? Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at LifeHouseChurch.com. That's LifeHouseChurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.